Well, hey there, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us online today. And uh, I am so excited that you're listening, watching with us, whether it is online through Facebook or through YouTube or whether you're joining us through our podcast today. Uh, listen, like Sophia said just a second ago, uh, in person at DC all month long, we are uh, having a series we're calling At The Movies, but due to copyright restrictions, we are not able to stream those live, and so uh, you got to be in person for that, but there's good news if you're watching today. Uh, we are actually, this whole month, we're working through what we're calling a series that, we're, that I've called A Faith That Works, A Faith That Works. How do we have a faith that works? Uh, but before I jump into that, I, I've got some really great news for you. If you are part of our online community, uh, if you want to get involved, we have some really awesome opportunities to serve coming up here in the next couple months, uh, in the next couple weeks even. And so I'd encourage you to jump on over to the website, discoverchurch.cc. Under the small group tab there, you're actually going to see that we have some great outreaches that are going to be coming up through the next couple weeks. And you'll also see we have something brand new that we are calling the Serve Team. So if you'd love to get involved where you just want to say, you know, I love loving on the community. I, I love getting involved with, uh, you know, doing the outreach ministries that happen here at Discover Church. I want to encourage you to sign up through the serve team. And I also, if you had the opportunity to be with us in person or online, uh, when we turned four uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, I shared kind of my heart to be able to have an outreach uh, coordinator. And I'm excited to report today that not only are we going to have one outreach coordinator, but we're going to have two outreach coordinators. And that's going to be Miss Mary Beth West and Miss Maureen Softly. And I'm excited that the, uh, these ladies are stepping up uh, to help us be the hands and feet of Jesus out in the community. And so you can jump on over to the website. Like I said, get signed up for the serve team. And then that way, when opportunities throughout the year uh, come up, if you're interested, you can say, yes, yeah, sign me up for that. Uh, and, uh, and make sure that you get involved here at Discover Church. Because uh, if you've been around here for any length of time, you know that we love to make a difference. And so you can be a huge a huge part of that. But listen, today uh, is going to be my last week for our Faith That Works series here because my wife is actually going to wrap that up next week. Uh, but I'm excited today to bring you a, a message uh, kind of based off a realization that I had earlier this week. And I don't know uh, if you realized earlier this week like I did, like, you know, I have a calendar that sits on my desk and I was kind of looking through and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, like Thanksgiving is next week. Like it's 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 here. It's this coming week. It's this coming week. And I don't know if you are like me, but I'm actually excited about it. I'm a little bit anxious about it too because the whole gift giving, you know, Christmas is coming. So I'm I haven't purchased any gifts for anyone yet. Uh, don't tell my wife and kids. Okay, they're gonna listen to this, but just don't tell them anyway. It's all right. But for me, uh, I love Thanksgiving though because first off, I love to eat. Don't let my somewhat slender uh, appearance fool you. I love to throw down. I love to eat, and uh, I'm I love Thanksgiving so much. Because I don't know what you and your family has for like a tradition. If you get together at a certain person's house every single year, maybe you got some friends that you guys all uh, do a potluck or something like that. But for us, uh, we normally get together with family on Thanksgiving, and I'm such a big fan of it that, in fact, my wife is gracious and willing, and I love her cooking so much. She's willing to cook me a Thanksgiving all over again, normally the next day, within the next day or two after Thanksgiving Day. And so I'm excited about that because that means I get to eat her amazing cooking and 
I get my favorite dish of Thanksgiving. Now, listen, if you're watching online, I need to know what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish, okay? Make sure you share that on there. For some people, you know, it's it's the yams or the sweet potatoes. For some, uh, it, some people love the, you know, the, the cranberry sauce in the can that plops out, you know what I mean? Some of you can't stand it. It's okay. Uh, I personally, I, I love that canned cr- cranberry jelly, you know what I mean? I don't know what it is, but it, I love it. And, and so, so for me, but my all-time favorite, though, is my wife's stuffing. And I know that that sounds like a weird a really weird thing to have as my favorite, but my wife just does it. She makes like three times the normal amount because she knows that I love eating on it for uh, days afterwards. So, uh, so make sure you're sharing that in the comments. Let us know what is your like your Thanksgiving throwdown dish that you're just like, boy, if this is not there, I am heartbroken. I am disappointed. It has to be on the table for Thanksgiving. But look, uh, here for the series today, I, I really wanted to talk about the, this this thought and notion of thankfulness or gratefulness. And uh, I actually want to start off with a story that Jesus, where Jesus actually heals somebody in Luke chapter 17. And I want you to read with me here today, okay? Here's what it says in Luke 17, verse 11. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And then verse 12, as he was going into a village, 10 men, get it? So 10 guys come. These all have leprosy. They come out to meet him. Now they stood at a distance, and in verse 13, they shouted out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And now if you are uh, a little bit fuzzy or unclear there about why this is happening, why are they at a distance, why are they shouting at Jesus, and what in the world is leprosy? Well, listen, in Leviticus uh, chapter 13 under the Old Testament law, we see that leprosy is a disease, and they're considered unclean. So in other words, if you had leprosy, you weren't allowed to just like go into the general population of towns where people were and, and just act inconspicuous. Like you actually had to shout out that you, you were unclean as you walked just to make sure people didn't bump into you or touch you. And leprosy was one of these is one of these horrible diseases, right, that actually eats away at the flesh. You know what I mean? These you get these oozing sores. Uh, it, it, you know, you go to sleep one night, you wake up, and you might your finger might be gone. Like it's just it's bad. Like it's just it's a horrible thing. Still exists to, to d- still exists today. And the thing to remember here about these guys, that these ten people that are dealing with leprosy at the time, is these guys they couldn't get close to anyone. It had been years, most likely, since they had been hugged or loved. Like since they've been around people that they really care about, and and, and so it, it's. It's, it's just heartbreaking disease, not just because of the physical thing that's going through you, but also the emotional effect that it would have on you and just how it, it basically separates you from everything that you loved and you'd hold dear. And so they go out, they meet Jesus, and Jesus goes on in verse 14, and here's what he says. He says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, guess what? They were actually clean, cleansed. And in verse th- 15, it says that, and this is why I want to focus here, that one of them, one of them, when he showed, uh, w- when he saw that he was healed, he came back and he was praising God in a loud voice. In verse 16, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And here's the thing, he was a Samaritan and Jesus says, you know, where are the other, weren't there 10 of you? Like what happened to the, the other nine? Where are they at? And in verse 18, was no one found to return to give praise to God? except this foreigner. Jesus was really disappointed, and he was upset, basically, because here, all of a sudden, guess what? He knew that there was 10 guys, 
only one of which, okay, 10% came back to give praise to God and to thank God for all that he had done. And Jesus is a little bit upset because guess what? This guy isn't even part of his tribe or his people. He's an outsider. He's a foreigner. And so it, it's this concept that, guess what? Ungraciousness, right? Unthankfulness, right? It is not something that's new. It's been around for a really long time because guess what? We all know that we are kind of a selfish people. And, and so today I just want to ask you this question here is will you be the one? Will you be the one person that gives gratitude to God? Will you be the person that is uh, able to express thanks in unique ways uh, this week, and not just this week, obviously, but build it into your life and try to make sure that we get in a situation where we think outside of ourselves? Because I don't know if you are like me, but it's easy kind of to get in this mode or this rut, really, almost, where we get this ungrateful mindset and we do this, we get this ungrateful mindset because guess what? We live in an I want it now uh, kind of uh, environment, don't we? We live in an I want it now mindset. You know, we don't want to wait in line. We, we don't want bad service. We want to get it now. In fact, some of you, this is the reason, okay, that I, I, I so you, some of you are going to be mad with me, okay, because I'm not really the biggest fan of Disney, right? No, it, it, going to Disney World, Disneyland, any of that, right? Because I don't want to wait in line. Like, I want if I'm going to go have fun, I want to go have fun. I don't want to, like, stand around. Now, my wife is the total opposite. She doesn't care. It's just fun for her just walking in and seeing, seeing Mickey or whoever. You know what I mean? She just loves it. She wants to go walk us to death, walk 12 miles uh, in, in, a, in a day uh, to go wait and stand in line. But for me, I don't want that because I'm a I want it now kind of person. And, and if for me, I, I don't want to do that now. I, I want to I have fun, like, right now. I don't want to wait. And I don't want to be, you know, patient. Come on, who wants to be patient, right? But what do we find is we find there's an incredible parable that Jesus actually tells, the one of the prodigal son. And through the prodigal son, if you uh, don't remember, here's a little bit of it out of Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, verse 11, it says that there was a man that had two sons, a younger one. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Give me my share of the estate. And, and see, here's the thing is if you don't really know a whole lot about this story, the basic principle is, is this. Obviously, he's asking for his inheritance, but he's asking for it when his father is still alive. You know, normally, obviously, you don't get an inheritance till the person uh, that you're getting it from is actually it has passed. And, and so this, the younger son, he, he gets impatient. He's sick of waiting. He says, you know what? I don't want to wait anymore. I want my reward right now. I want my inheritance right now. And so what he wants is he wants to see if he can get what took his father years or decades to accumulate. He wants to, to he wants it now. And what do we find is that he wasn't ready for it. And he ends up squandering it all in just a few weeks or a few months here. And then all of a sudden, guess what? He's right back, if not not where he was, but worse than where he was. You know, and some of us, we maybe you've run into this. Maybe you've uh, uh, not experienced necessarily the most thankful or grateful heart for where you are as maybe a college student or just out of college in your first job. Uh, maybe if you're older, you remember back to those days when uh, I, I remember back to those days eating a lot of ramen. You know what I mean? Like, you know, wh whatever it was, it was the cheap meals that you were trying to just exist and sustain off of. And, and so some of us, though, we, we forget. We look at our parents or people around us, and we want what they have, not realizing it took them 
decades in most cases to get there, not just uh, a few weeks or years, like, you know, a, a short time that we've existed, that we're earning, you know what I mean? We, we want to get to where they are, and we want it now, because that's the kind of uh, relationships that we, we often, uh, when we look around and see, we say, well, well, I want what they have now. That's why I want to be friends with that person, because I want to see how did they get what they got. And, and so it's a selfish ambition, a selfish desire that uh, is motivating us. And, and, and I'll tell you, it's ungodly. And it's something that we got to make sure we're on the guard against. And, and so what do we see here is that we also see that, remember, he had two sons, right? So the first son says, I want my inheritance. I want to go spend it now. He squanders it and, and, and then ends up penniless, right? He basically ends up feeding with pigs. I don't know if you've ever looked at pigs, been around pigs, but they're gross, they're nasty, they're disgusting creatures. And, and my man is just, he's wanting, to eat the, he's wanting to eat the food that the pigs are eating. He's working on a farm and just, you know, barely, barely surviving. But guess what? There's a second son. And the second son, when the first son kind of comes to his senses and realizes, you know what, I could go work for my dad uh, in the lowest minimum wage job ever, and I would be better off than I am right now. I'm going to go home. He comes home, and the father celebrates. And as the father is celebrating, the second son, though, he's got a little bit of a problem. He's got a little bit of a problem because he has this attitude, the I deserve more attitude. He says, no, 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 but Father, you don't understand. I was the one that was obedient, and I stayed here. I should get more. Why are, why are you spending all this on your brother? What, what is going on here that you're this, uh, you know, your, your youngest foolish, this younger son, the, my younger brother, the, he's, he was an idiot. He goes out and he spends it all, and, and, and I should be getting that. This should be all for me now. And here's what I think we see in Luke 15. In Luke 15, verse 29, he actually tells his father, look at all of these years that I've been slaving for you, never disobeying your order, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. You're throwing this massive party because my, my younger brother showed up and you have never even looked at me and given me a goat and let me throw a little birthday party with some friends. You know, that's, he's throwing a little pity party here. He's saying, I deserve more. And here's the thing is so often we find ourselves not in an attitude of thanksgiving or, or gratefulness, but we look around at others thinking, I, I deserve more. Someone owes me. I deserve it. I should have the better paying job. I, I get the company car. Come on. My cell phone, it's not good enough. It's, it's last year's model, so let's go spend $1,500 and get the new one, you know. Uh, the, it, we, we, uh, we open our closets, and we say, I have nothing to wear. My, my daughter actually, uh, if I could tell a little bit on her here, she actually just said this to me recently about some jeans. Like, she bought some jeans. I kind of gave her a hard time about getting some jeans. And she says, well, I hardly had any. And I asked her, well, how many did you have? And I think she's like, she said, I, I got like five pair. And I'm like, that's almost a pair for every day of the week. And, and you don't even wear jeans every day of the week. I think you have plenty. And she just was struggling with the fact that she felt like she didn't have enough because it's in our nature to constantly want more. And we have to try to expose these areas of ungratefulness, whether it's uh, material or financial, whether it's relationship, whether it's circumstantial, right? Uh, and, and so we have to decide something. And what do we decide? We have to decide to turn uh, our blessings that we have, we got to be able to recognize and count them and turn them 
into praise. And, and so we have to say, God, listen, every blessing that you give me, I'm going to actually pour this back out as praise to you. But even more, if you want to go like to the next level, right, if you want to take it a step above, right, if you, you say that, God, every blessing that I don't get, guess what? I'm still going to turn it back into praise. Here's what it says out of Philippians chapter 4. It says that I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to be in plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And everything, we realize that everything that we have through him, is it's through him that gives us the strength. Listen, by nature, I am not naturally a grateful person. I don't know if you realize that today. If, by, if you can realize by nature, you are not naturally a grateful person. It's something that you have to work on constantly. In fact, this week, <laughs> this week, okay, uh, my wife, uh, Amy, was taking Haley to school. I was going to take Elijah to school. And because of this, uh, there was a 30 minutes difference, right? I got, I got an extra 30 minutes she didn't get just because of school times and stuff. And so for me, the, uh, you know, during, during the week when this was happening, right, I, uh, I was just like, you know, she got up to get ready and kind of woke me up a little bit with, you know, lights in, the, lights in the house and stuff. And I was just like, oh, you know, wouldn't mumble, groan, and complain because, oh, waking me up. I could be sleeping right now, you know, not even realizing that I, I, I honestly should be grateful that she's able to take her because if not, it would be me the one that had to wake up 20 minutes earlier uh, to get ready to go and to, to do extra driving, which uh, is, is you know something that I do a ton of in a day anyway. And, and so what I should have been doing is I should have been grateful about the fact that she was up moving and doing it. I should be grateful for the fact that I have a, a loving and amazing wife who is excited to do these things, who loves her children and never complains about having to get up no matter what the time is uh, to go and to do anything with them. But instead, I'm sitting there wanting to moan. I'm moaning and groaning and grumpy because guess what? I wanted to sleep a little bit longer. And, and it's a natural thing, isn't it, that we want to express gratitude sometimes on certain things, but then other times, man, it's just so easy. The alarm goes off, and you're not exactly going, good morning, Lord. It's so awesome to be awake today. It's amazing to me that I know that, you know, even when I'm tired of my car, uh, or when something bad happens there, that I, I should be thankful, you know. Uh, so often we think about our house. Our house is too small, or uh, it's always a wreck. There's, it's always a mess. We've got to get it cleaned up, you know. It's always because of my kids, and guess what? Well, really, we should be thankful that we have kids because there's, there's people that, that would give anything to have their kids back or to have the opportunity to have children, you know. And sometimes we, we complain about our work, and the fact is is that there's some people that, would be so excited to go and to do what you do every single day to get the paycheck that you get because it's, it, it's a blessing that they wish they had in their lives. I love this Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom. It says this out of chapter 15. It says that the cheerful heart actually has a continual feast. A feast obviously is a party. It, it's kind of this thing that is an exciting thing. And it says that better a little with the fear of the Lord than to have great wealth and be in turmoil. I think really the high point is figuring out that I have to be the one 
It can't be dependent on other people or the situation, the circumstance, right? I have to be the one in order to, 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 to realize that if I'm going to really do this, I, I have to be the one to turn the thanksgiving and praise back to God, back to the author and finisher of my faith, back to the one who created me. And, and so, you know, I, my wife, uh, she she actually is a, a fan, especially growing up. She was a fan of Elvis. Anybody a fan of Elvis? If you if you are, share me your favorite Elvis. Like if you got a favorite Elvis song or anything like that, let me know. Uh, she's a fan of Elvis. I've grown to to be more welcome to to El- the sound of Elvis. You know, some blue suede shoes uh, or jailhouse rock, whatever. Right, uh, coming up. But it, you know, Elvis. Uh, was obviously the king of rock and roll for his time. I mean, he obviously was uh, chart topper uh, for, for for basically for decades, really, right? And so Elvis uh, has a house that's called Graceland. I've never had the opportunity to go. Uh, my wife and I would love the opportunity to swing in one day. But one of the incredible things about Elvis and Graceland is Graceland has 27 rooms to it. It has 27 rooms. Thank you very much, right? Like it, it's it's a it's a massive estate that Elvis had as, you know, when he was at the top of his career, making $15 million a year, which uh, certainly for his day was nothing to sneeze at. And even today, I'd take a $15 million a year check at any point in time, right? You know, I'm sure you probably would too. You know, it's, he had cars, uh, he had clothes, he had airplanes, he had records. But what do we find is that at at 42 years of age, just 42 you know, 42, he's depressed, anxious, dealing with anxiety, and he ends up overdosing. And and I, you know, obviously I don't know this. I never got to speak with Elvis, right, uh, in person. But I would bet you if you had the opportunity to go back and to talk with him, that Elvis w- would have paid a, a million dollars just for one day of peace, just to have one day where he felt at peace, that realizing that the house and the cars and the in, in, the, in the planes and on all the stuff that came with it, all the fame, all the stuff, right, that that wasn't what was ultimately going to bring him peace. It's, he didn't have the gratefulness. He didn't have contentment within himself. And I really think that he would probably have given anything to realize that. Well, the good news is today is that you and I, we can experience that, you know, but we live in a world where your 10-year-old demands a cell phone because everybody else has it. We have 16-year-olds that want a new car because of somebody else. One of their friends has to have it, so, so we have to have it now. You know, we have all the marketing that's telling you that you deserve it. You know, you owe it to yourself. But we have scripture like James 1.17 that says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. See, God laid it out so that gratitude actually makes even the poorest of poor rich. But ungratefulness makes the richest of people poor. And so today, listen, as we, we get ready to close, I, I want to actually ask you if I can. I want to issue you a challenge. I don't do this all that much, but I want to see, can I give you some homework this week? So if I'm going to give you some homework, I want you to take time, and if you have the opportunity today, I'd encourage you to do it today. Uh, if not, p- get your phone out and put it on your calendar. Set a time this week. But set a time to, to maybe get a card or a post-it note, send a text message, make a phone call. Why don't you call two or three people and just say, listen, 
I didn't call you to ask for anything. I, I didn't, I'm not writing this letter because I, I'm asking you to give me anything. But I simply wanted just to say, I am so thankful for you. I'm grateful to have you in my life. And I've done this from time to time, and, and I'll tell you, the rewards are incredible. Because some people, when you do this, uh, I've literally had people be like, you know, I have never received anything like this. And I'm so appreciative of it. And, and so it's amazing because the gratefulness actually increases and encourages more gratefulness. And, and it, it's kind of just like you sow this seed and, and, and it produces this incredible crop that gets to spread out to more and more people. So I, I want to encourage you to do that. And, and I also want to encourage you today to try to remember that this week, tomorrow, when you wake up and you're just like, oh, morning, why? I don't want to get up. I don't want to do this today. To say, God, you know what? I might not really be feeling it right now, but I'm so thankful that you've given me another day, that you've given me another opportunity, that you've given me the chance to speak into other people's lives, to love people, and to, to grow closer with friends, to learn new things, that you've given me the opportunity to earn money today, Father God, when I go to work, that even though when my kids are crying and freaking out and losing their minds, that guess what? I'm still thankful that I have them because there are other people that would do anything to have what I have. And I also want to ask you, maybe, I, maybe I, you don't know this, but there, there's an old hymn, and uh, this old hymn was called Count Your Blessings. And uh, it would go, count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings and see what God has done. And this week, I, I, I just want to encourage you that if you ever get in that mode where you're just like, kind of feeling like ungrateful, you know, you just kind of get in that bad mood, you know what I mean, where you're just not really feeling it. Listen, when that happens, take the opportunity and put this old hymn into practice. Count your blessings, because guess what? God has done incredible things. Listen, even if you aren't 100% sure where you and God stand, he still blessed you incredibly. And so I want to encourage you that today as we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving going into Christmas and the new year. It's easy to look back at the past and say, man, there's a lot of things that went wrong this year. But it's even better to look back and say, there's, yeah, there's a lot of things that went wrong, but there's a lot of things that went right. There's a lot of ways in which I was blessed. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, I pray that you watch over your sons and daughters today. And I pray, Lord, as we get ready to go in what for some people is a stressful holiday season because family relationships aren't always the best uh, there's situations that come up, Lord, that uh, some memories, past experiences that we've walked through that don't always encourage gratefulness, even on days like Thanksgiving, Father. And Lord, today, I, I just want to pray that you can allow us uh, to not exhibit really the, the prodigal son uh, parables here, or, but we can be more like the one man with leprosy that goes and he comes back and he is so excited because he looks around and realizes that God has blessed him so much. Lord, you've continued to bless us as your people. You know, even in our worst, Lord, we're still blessed because of your son that came and died for each and every one of us. Father, I pray over each of your, your people, and I pray that through the gratefulness and the contentment, Lord, that we have in you, that, Lord, that it is seeds that we can be planted so that we can show others how to be grateful and thankful as well. We thank you. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Listen, hey, I, I want to encourage you again uh, to, to jo obviously join us in person if you have the opportunity here as we are getting ready uh, to wrap up our At The Movie series. It's going to be really good. Uh, but don't forget to jump on over to discoverchurch.cc. Get signed up for one of our serve opportunities. It's going to be so awesome. And we can't wait to see you next week as we worship with you here at Discover Church.